Podcasting from the Star Group, home of the iconic Dressable Lions. This is Beyond the Known, the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business. I'm your host, Paul M. Newberger, president of the Star Group. We are excited today on the Beyond the Known podcast to be joined by Marco Brasino, personal risk manager for us right here at the Star Group. Welcome, Marco. How are you? Good, and you? I am awesome. Any chance I get to hang out with you, certainly want to take advantage of that. One of the concepts that you hear from time to time is this concept known as high-value home. So for the edification of the listeners here, Marco, what is a high-value home and why is it important to have proper coverage on it? Sure. So we're all very familiar with the standard home, you know, $250,000, maybe $400,000 here in, in Wisconsin, where we're starting to go and work more with the affluent families where they might have a home that might be closer to a million dollars or maybe a couple of smaller ones, but they have multiples. In Wisconsin, we don't tend to have one large home. We tend to have multiple homes, maybe a cabin up north where we go camping or hunting Wisconsin. We need to make sure that we're taking a look at the risk in general, just because things change pretty drastically. The more assets you have, the more balls you have in the air, the more things can fall through the cracks. So it's important that we understand everything that's going on in the family and what are some of the things that are important to them, what activities they're doing to make sure that things are performing adequately. So when we're looking at the high-valued homes, a lot of times we're seeing them with a lot of gaps that really should not exist. Just because the larger the home, the more assets or the more they have to lose. And being in insurance, that's kind of something that it's kind of confusing. You don't know if you're covered until you have a claim, which is kind of backwards, right? Like we want to make sure that when there is a claim that we are covered. So it's important to understand the contracts. And that's where you start to look at just the risk that faces that affluent family or the household. The home is just one piece of it. So a lot of times when we're looking at it is just want to make sure that you're understanding everything that's going on more than just the home itself. Could you tell us a story of a customer who had a high-value home and experienced a loss. Yeah, actually, this happened probably, a, I'm going to say probably about a year ago. It's one of the, definitely one of the largest losses that we have faced. This client, uh, Ms. Lee, was actually just closing a home. About a month after her closing, her new property that she closed on had a total loss. Not even a two-by-four was left up. She was working for hospital here. And when she got off her shift, she noticed that she got a lot of voicemails from her neighbors. And that's when she found out that the property that she closed less than 30 days before was no longer there. That's something that we got the call. Thankfully, our claims advocate, Mary, uh, was able to assist her right away. Emotions were running very high. Obviously, as you can imagine, your primary residence is no longer there. Thankfully, no one was home. No one was injured. However, when we were assessing her risk when she was becoming a client, that's where we noticed that the different alternatives that she was looking at with different agents, they were looking at insuring her house at market value. And that's something that we see a lot in our industry is, hey, I'm buying the house for X number of dollars or my loan is for X number of dollars. That's how much I should buy or I should insure my house for, which is very, very wrong. If, for example, we grab a home here in Wisconsin, let's say it's going to cost $500,000 to buy. That can fluctuate if it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. 
we that can even fluctuate if we grab that home and we put it in Detroit where nobody wants to live and maybe that home could sell for $300,000. If we grab that exact same home and now we move it to San Francisco, that house can easily sell for maybe $2 million. When it comes to insurance, we really don't care about how much it's going to cost us to sell or buy. We want to make sure that we're insuring it for the full replacement value. That way, when things go sideways, like happened to her, we can rebuild the house no matter how much it's going to cost us. In her case, thankfully, because of the size of the home, because of the age of the home, we were able to guarantee the replacement of it. So a lot of homeowners' policies, they might have a cap of how much is the maximum they're going to pay out. Usually it's about 125% of the value of the home. In her case, we were able to remove that cap. So it doesn't matter if it's going to cost us 500, 600, X number of dollars, it's guaranteed. So that way it just helps that claims experience happen so much smoother. She doesn't have to worry about, you know, exceeding that limit and now potentially having to pay anything out of pocket. Everything was covered no matter what. So it's something that could have been a very, I should not say could have been, it was a very traumatic experience. It was very, very smooth. And thankfully, she was able to get that house rebuilt and actually move in after everything was said and done. How personally rewarding is it for you to be a part of a conversation like that? As, as you kind of alluded to, nobody wants to see their home destroyed. Nobody wants to see their belongings go up in smoke or whatever the case may be. But the fact that you were able to have that conversation, you were able to put together a plan in place. And, and in fact, she is able to kind of pick up the pieces and move on. How, how rewarding is it for you when things are done correctly in the front end? Yeah, it's tough. You can do all the work correctly. You advise your clients. You always tell them, you know, the ins and outs, things to look out for. It's still when you get that call, your stomach sinks. You just just feel for that person. I remember being on the phone with her multiple times and her just starting to cry out of the blue. And even months after the loss, it's very rewarding, but it's just one of those things that you never want to have anyone go through that. Just because, I mean, it, it's not my home, but you still feel for her. Something that should have been super exciting, Hey, it's a new home. Who isn't excited about, you know, purchasing and going that next step in your life? And in her case, it was a sour move just because it was a total loss. But thankfully, you know, she was able to have that peace of mind. So that was huge. And she was very, very happy with how everything turned out. Very difficult to put a price tag on that peace of mind, especially when it seems like your life has fallen apart around you when you yeah. go through a, a loss like that. But for sure, what a wonderful service you were able to provide. So if we switch a little bit from homeowners to business owners, what type of policy would you say business owners can purchase to separate their personal assets from their business liabilities? Sure. So when I'm working a lot with executives or business owners, whether they are sole proprietors or maybe in a partnership, it is critical that we understand we start the conversations with how or who owns the business. Is it them as an individual or even if it's under an LLC, someone has ownership of that entity. A lot of times when I'm talking with those individuals where they're getting compensated in stocks in the company or they're the sole proprietors of the company, they don't understand that the stake that they have in the company, it's exposed under their personal asset. They know that, hey, they might have a commercial policy where they're insuring, you know, the structure of the building. Maybe they might have some commercial autos, things of that nature. But should something go sideways, 
everything that they own under the business, it's actually owned by them as individuals. So it's important that they are understanding the value of ownership interests that they have because even a, let's say a car crash that they have on a personal level or their spouse, their kid could have really a, a huge impact on now the way that they run the business moving forward where there is no coverage or extension to the professional liability, the commercial liability, the commercial umbrella policy that they might have under the business to provide coverage in those kinds of situations. So a lot of times I'm consulting and having those deeper conversations with CEOs, CFOs, executive directors, whatever the case may be at different organizations to make sure that we're designing the coverage to provide in those kinds of situations. A lot of times when I'm sitting down with those people in those roles, they might have an umbrella, but it's very, very low. They might only have a $1 million umbrella when we're looking at all the different parts, all the balls that they have in the air that's not adequate. So it's important that we're making sure that everything is adequately covered in that capacity. Well, one thing that you and I talk about specifically a lot is objections that we Mm -hmm. hear. How do we overcome objections? How do we handle objections? But more importantly, not just to say it's to be a smooth-talking salesperson, but how do we educate and inform people? How many times do you hear from these business owners or C-suite executives, Marco, I don't need you. Marco, I'm fine. I have an LLC. All the time. (laughs) But it helps that a lot of people, they have heard from a lawyer, they might have read an article online, something of that nature, that an LLC is an end-all, be-all. LLCs are great. They provide a level of separation, but someone still owns that LLC. Someone still has, again, that value of ownership interest under that LLC. An LLC, what all that means is that they cannot garnish the company completely from you. However, they, when there's a claim where they, they're not enough coverage, they can take a look at the value of, of that LLC and say, hey, Paul, your LLC is worth X number of dollars. Let's say $300,000. They cannot take the keys to the LLC from you, but they'll tell you, whatever you need to do, Paul, figure it out. You still owe us $300,000. So it's a great strategy to create separation, but you still want to make sure that the strategy is completely well thought out to make sure that, again, when there's a claim, you're providing coverage to not only you as an individual, but also the LLC. Because then what happens if, for example, you're in a partnership, you and let's say you're in a partnership with Rachel, you have a claim. Now, they can go after the part of the LLC that you personally own. You might have to maybe sell your stake in the LLC. Now, Rachel might be finding herself either A, underwater, B, maybe doing business with someone that she did not want to be doing business with, or C, having to buy you out and not have the resources. So it forces people to have uncomfortable conversations where if things are well thought of, you're working with someone that understands the unique risks facing a business owner or an executive, it just makes the claims experience so much easier and so much smoother. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, and I know you are out there, you have to take this stuff seriously because that will not, an LLC will not protect you, as you said, by itself. It's a good first step, but you need some additional layers there. And if you don't have those layers, It can be catastrophic. And Marco, I know you've been around for a while. You've seen a lot. With respect to these business owners, with respect to the LLCs and the value of ownership interest, as you talked about, based on your experience, can you tell us a story, regrettably, that you encountered like this? I actually happened to one of our clients. It was summer. 
they were turning around. They were on a motorcycle. A lot of people think that, hey, you're in a motorcycle. You cannot create that much damage. It's a lot lighter than, you know, a pickup truck. They were turning right. Car was passing through. After the car, they accelerated. They did not see a motorcycle. It was following very closely behind. They just bumped into that second motorcycle. The driver of the motorcycle just took a tumble, cut scrapes. Nothing major happened. They were, thankfully, they were wearing a helmet. The passenger of the motorcycle was still wearing a helmet. However, their head hit the curb. That's something that a lot of times, you know, a catastrophic accident. However, they weren't even going that fast. They were maybe going 30 miles an hour. That person, the passenger of that motorcycle, was in a coma for over two weeks. Just the medical expenses, because in Wisconsin, most, in, most people don't know that in Wisconsin, when you're in a car crash or in a motorcycle crash, you're responsible for that person's medical payments, funeral expenses, loss of wages and loss of support. That's usually what we think about when it comes to insurance. However, in Wisconsin, we have something known as the wrongful death statute, which makes you responsible for an additional $350,000 per adult or an additional $500,000 per minor if that person were to die. In this case, the passenger of that motorcycle that hit their head wearing a helmet on the curb was in a coma for over two weeks. Last time I checked, I can double check numbers later, but last time I checked, that claim was looking at over $2 million just for medical expenses, not counting loss of wages, not counting loss of support, not counting the wrongful death because that person did end up dying. Imagine if you don't have enough coverage. Most people, when I'm reviewing their coverages, when they're even when they're a business owner, people that you know say, "Hey, I'm covered. Someone told me I'm good." They might have an umbrella. They might have it for maybe one million dollars. In this case, you would be in a hole for over a million dollars. What are you gonna do if you don't have a million dollars sitting in your bank account? Even if you do have it, you know how will that impact your retirement, your future life? And that's not even considering the moral standings of it all, right? So it's very, very difficult to have that conversation with a person saying, hey, you know, this is everything that could happen, but this is what steps we recommend that you do to make sure that you're better covered. And a lot of times, you know, in Wisconsin, most people are not aware of that statute that we have here. I would have to argue or at least imagine that uh, the majority of these conversations revolve around cost to a certain degree. And I also would think that on one side, people could say, well, do I want to incur the cost of buying this policy? Do I want to incur the cost of adding this protection? I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Can I afford it? But on the flip side, as illustrated very well in this visual that you just walked us through, can you afford not to do it? And I'm just thinking as a business owner, since we talked about that from the VOI perspective, okay, I pay a little bit more each month, okay? That adds up every month. I'm paying more on an annualized basis. But just imagine what the cost would be to replace your business, to rebuild your business, and not just even in the dollars and cents. Man, that business was your dream. Yeah. You're emotionally invested in it, and you talked about this from the homeowner perspective, your client, about how you guys are just talking, and, and thankfully she's got someone like you she can confide in because that can be tough. But months after the fact, she's still emotionally shaken up. So for people to say, can I afford it? That's a logical question, and you have to be able to afford it, obviously, from a dollars and cents. 
but can you afford not to have it when you think of what the outcome could be? And that's a huge piece. And a lot of times people think just because you're getting more coverage means that you need to be paying an arm and a leg. When in fact, it's, again, that's just looking at the premium. We have been accustomed to just hearing commercials in you know 15 minutes. You can save X percent or more or whatever the case might be. When if you're looking at really at first and foremost, like forget your limits, forget the insurance piece of it. Just look at the risk. If you're designing the coverage or the like you're designing all the risk strategies to make sure that you as an individual or as a family you're a safe risk a lot of times you can get kind of the best of both worlds and working with someone that's competent someone that's able to understand and have that conversation not only with you as the client or the or the person buying the insurance but also with insurance companies and underwriters and have that conversation to design everything you can make sure that first you're getting the coverage that you're looking for, for a much better rate. You have no idea how many times I'm working with people where we're completely overhauling their coverage to make sure that they're adequately covered, that they're getting much better coverage, and they're still paying sometimes hundreds, sometimes even thousands of dollars less. Just by making sure that you are taking a look at the risk first, and then what company is able to provide what you're looking for. A lot of times we're seeing it where people, again, we're just used to looking at the other way around. It's like, hey, I want to pay the least amount of money. Let me see where I can get it. And that's where gaps occur. And that's where gaps that can cost you your life savings, your company that you took and have spent endless hours not sleeping at night, getting it off the ground, whatever the case may be. And that really should never happen. Like you want to make sure that someone's working on your behalf. When you think of professionals, that a consumer would have a close personal relationship with. I mean, I've got a couple thoughts come to my mind. Your financial advisor, an individual is probably talking to their financial advisor on a regular basis. That financial advisor knows that person's hopes, dreams, fears, etc. To some degree, maybe your realtor, you have a really good personal relationship with them. Your lawyer, especially if you're on maybe like the business side of the house. Marco, in your experience, do a number of consumers have a close personal relationship with their personal lines insurance consultant? And if not, why should they? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say definitely not. (laughs) You have no idea how many times, like, just think about it as how many times has your kids or your parents ever told you, you know what, honey, I'm very proud that you are an insurance That never happens. Maybe if you're a doctor, maybe you're a lawyer, but in insurance, again, nobody like cares about it until things go sideways. Once you start to take a look at everything going on to make sure that you're constantly working on that person's behalf, you start to build that relationship and you start to build that. They don't see you as a vendor. They don't see you as a person I need to call because I'm looking to buy a car. They start to see you as a friend and they start to get you involved in their life events. And that's something that Myself and my team are very, very good at being proactive on that aspect of it. Sadly, most people don't review their coverages maybe once every 11 years as the industry average, which just think of for you, what did your life look like 11 years ago? Were you married? Nope. Did you have kids? Nope. How many kids do you have now? Three. What were you doing 11 years ago as a profession? Fundraising and playing a lot of online poker on the weekends. Exactly. How many times have you moved in the past 11 years? A ton. Probably, I'm going to say probably two, three times. Four. Four. There you go. And most people don't think of those times as ways to communicate with their agent or with their advisor to make sure, okay, as life happens, life changes, who we are, 
so should your coverage. They, it should be adapting as you are adapting to new exposures, not just when you're getting a new car. And maybe my car is getting old. Should I have liability only or not? That's again, that's a very small stuff that is important, but it's not as big of an exposure as you have more as an individual. And having those conversations with someone that's constantly monitoring, working on your behalf is second to none. Because most people are only hearing from their agent maybe once a year when they get their renewal and it's just saying, hey, Paul or hey, Rachel or hey, Becky or whatever your name is. For this upcoming year, you're going to owe us X number of dollars. Not about recommendations of like, hey, your life has changed. These are some of the things as you're looking to maybe take a new job. Now you're going to be commuting more. Hey, you're looking at potentially buying a second home up north so you can go hunting with your buddies come fall. This is some of the things that we should look out for. Same thing as, hey, especially now as, let's say, you are bought a house in Green Bay. Are you going to be renting it or are you going to be using it for your own use? Things are completely different. Making sure that someone's working on that it has that kind of diabolical look at it just because being in the industry, you start to kind of become your worst enemy because now everything is at risk and you have to, like, you're kind of paranoid. But however, that's our job. That's all that we do day in and day out. So you don't have to worry about it. You're obviously very passionate about insurance. You're also very knowledgeable, as I think the listeners of our podcast would attest to just based on the, the things that you're mentioning right now. Why personal lines? I mean, there's a lot of different types of insurance mm-hmm. that's out there, and there's a lot of important types of insurance that are out there. But to me, it just seems like you're borderline called to do this the way that you go about your day-to-day business. What drew you to personal lines, and why are you so passionate about this type of insurance? Yeah, so I am one of those crazy people that, for fun, I do endurance sports. I've done marathons, triathlons, Ironman, you name them. I've kind of done them all. In 2010, I was at my folks' house, and I noticed my dad was getting a bit of a beer belly. It's like, hey, dad, let's start working out. I did not want him to swim because I hate swimming. I tried to get him to run. He did not want to run because bad on the knees, according to him. So I was like, okay, let's start biking. Father-son bonding on the weekends. Later that year, he was biking home after work. A lady did not see him. T-boned him. He went over the handlebars. I don't know if you, either you or maybe a family member has had rotator cuff surgery is one of the most painful surgeries anyone will ever go through. That's the day that my stomach sank, probably for the first time, or at least that I can remember the most vivid. Having, being at my folks' house, getting a call saying, hey, I need someone to come pick me up. I thought it was just a flat tire. And I was like, not that, bike home, you know how to do this. Like, no, I got hit. For me, I took a huge sense of responsibility because if it wasn't for me kind of pushing him out the door to get healthier, he would not have been there that day. If it wasn't for me to kind of help him to take ownership of his life and get healthier to be with us longer, he almost would not have died that day. What came to a shock to not only me, but also my entire family is he is as analytical of a guy as you'll ever meet. Even to this day, we make fun of him because he literally reads the manuals from coffee makers. So we tell Alejandro just push the red button, man, the Kirk will make coffee. <laughs> but he's like, oh, no, I need to make sure how I know how to like use it and what or whatever. However, that's the day that he found out where his policies maxed out. At the time, he was a senior director of IT at SC Johnson, as I mentioned, super, super analytical of a guy. He did not know how the coverages should work together. Someone slid up as a paper across the table. 
at the time and said, hey, Alejandro, sign the piece of paper. Sign, he signed it, sent him on his merry way. Now, from that date moving forward, it was his exposure to live with. Seeing your dad on a chair for four months, no work, no nothing. His achievement of the day was literally get one degree of extra movement each day was terrible. I do not want anyone to go through that. I do not want anyone to learn where their gaps lie when they have a claim because they are relying on that coverage. They are thinking that they're adequately covered when in fact they might not be. And that's the day that I essentially developed a vendetta against mediocrity, to be honest. I could have gone and worked for any agency. I could have worked in any other industry. However, this is the industry that was the most impactful for my dad's accident. I wanted to specifically work with an agency that was family-owned, family-ran, as it's the most important part for me. I had a huge, something that was, as soon as I was having that interview with Tim Starr, it was music to my ears when he was telling me all the requirements that he would have, not only of me, but all the producers, to make sure that we were not only knowledgeable, but that we were staying relevant to the industry, which is, you know, have my insurance counselor designation, not just my license, also have my risk manager designation, as well as practice it, which is something that some agents might have those designations, but they don't use it. That's something that for me was huge because that's I do a lot of research. I write articles. I do videos. I present at carrier companies to make sure that they're developing their products to provide better coverage in our community, things of that nature. That is second to none. I want to make sure that not only my family never goes through that, but also my clients' families never go through that or even our community in general. Because again, we uh, most people, when it comes to insurance, they don't know if they're covered or not until they have a claim, which is very backwards. That should really never be the case. We were talking about lawyers a little bit earlier. I would strongly urge you to get copyright protection on Vendetta Against Mediocrity. <laughs> I might have to steal that. I know. I mean, boy, yeah, it's like bumper sticker material right there. So if you're listening to this podcast, do not steal it. Marco will sue you. Vendetta Against Mediocrity. I like that. Marco, what would you say is the best part of your job? The best part of my job. I get super, super excited when I find a gap that someone thought they were covered when they did not. I love it when I have to research something so much that I understand it so well that I can explain it to someone that has been in the industry for 30 years or to a five-year-old kid just because the conversation has to be very, very different. I love it when I am creating, for example, this whole strategy for a multi-generational family to make sure that we're providing coverage to all the homes, all the autos, all the toys that they might have. I love it when probably the most out of everything is creating a strategy with any of our agents to make sure that, whether well, if it's the business owner, the family member, the whoever, is adequately covered when things go sideways. And that's something that having that perspective of looking at risk first and foremost is because it completely changes the conversation for not only our clients, but also for them as a family to make sure that they're adequately covered. It's exciting for me to see where you're going because you're a guy with a lot of plans. You're a guy that goes about your job in very unconventional ways. And I mean that with the highest degree of uh, compliments that I can possibly give you. And one of the things that we're excited about here at the Star Group is your newest newsletter, 
white glove. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I had that idea because again, if any other agency or agents doing it, I don't want to do it. That's again, that's just copying someone's work. It's mediocre. It's just following the crowd. I want to, whatever I'm doing, I want to be the only one doing it. I want to lead by example. After, again, doing a lot of research, I found out that, again, most people are only meeting with their agent maybe once a year or hearing from their agent maybe once a year. And they're not reviewing their coverages or their exposures maybe once every 11 years. I wanted to completely turn that upside down, especially for our affluent or higher net worth individual clients where, again, their risk looks very, very different. So I developed this program to help educate them and coach them on the unique risks that face them as a family. Because again, their risk is going to be very, very different for a family that might have a one or maybe a $2 million home versus a family that has a $250,000 home. One is not better than the other. It's just very, very different. You cannot, there's very little overlap when you really think about it. So I developed this program to help educate those families about the unique risks that are facing them that no one else is really educating them on. So for example, on should they have a collectors or should they have wine sellers? Should they have uh, a lot of stocks or be part of boards, whether if it's a for-profit or non-profit? What can they do to make sure that they're adequately covered? That again, the average American doesn't have those things to worry about. And that's something that no other agency or agent's doing. And it's a great opportunity for us to educate our clients in ways that they have never been talked to or coached through those situations in the past. And most of the times, those are things that are either excluded from their homeowner's policy or you can get coverage. You just have to get a little bit creative at a nominal, if not for free. So this is a pretty innovative idea for sure. Where did this idea come from? I mean, I understand what the what White Glove is going to be about, but where did the inspiration for this idea come from? So it was one day I was, the idea came from, to be honest, I don't know where the idea came from. <laughs> the, the, not going to lie. But the need was there, just having talked to a specialized in, in this market segment. The Name essentially was a brainstorming idea that I had with our marketing team. And we came up with how we want to be treated like we're the most important person in someone's lives as individuals. And the white glove, essentially, we just thought about what butlers wear and how butlers are opening the doors. They're servicing you. They are providing you things that you might be in need of before you even ask for it. They essentially anticipate your next step. And that is how we look at this kind of risk, especially with our full service agent team, that they are proactively monitoring, proactively servicing. They are kind of on you before you even think about even calling us. So this seems like a pretty novel concept. It definitely seems like it's going to bring an awful lot of value to the individuals that check out this White Glove newsletter. For those people listening to this podcast that want to subscribe to it, how would you recommend they do that? They can give me a call and I can add them to the list. Otherwise, they can shoot us an email to marketing at stargroup.com and we can add you to the list. Ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to say once again, uh, you've been listening to Marco Brasino, personal risk manager for us here at the Star Group. Marco, Marco, thank you so much for your time here today. I oh, know. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-Group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.